Shatoria Christian, and this is a place where we talk about everything that we can talk about, including love, hope, families, relationship, and y'all know me, a whole lot of faith. So today we are still on our love series, our self-love is what we're calling this one. So we're still talking about our self-love and everything love. So I'm a geek and I'm excited because you've already heard from two of my homegirls already. So I have one more left, and this conversation is real conversation. If you Heard the last two, uh, we had one crying, we had another one just getting deep into it. So this is what we're being open, honest, and true. I got one more individual for you guys though. She is coming out of Oklahoma City. She is one of my sisters. I love her to the end of the world. Um, her name is Tashiana Shamir and I call her Tashi. So, you know, if y'all hear me say Tashi like I did the last two, you know, y'all know who I'm talking about. So I'm going to let her, you know, tell you guys who she is, what she's about, what we doing. So my boo Tashi, how are you, honey? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited. You know, I'm, I'm very you. excited to be here. I still miss you guys. Yes. So I want you to tell the world who Tashi is. Well, um, quite honestly, Tashi is just a girl from around the way, you know. Um, the LL Cool J song. Right, right. So, <laughs> someone that has big dreams, love hard, um, and just really enjoys life as it comes to her. <laughs> well, I like that. And, and, and I'm taking notes. I'm just letting you know that now I'm taking notes because y'all been spitting some like knowledge for me lately. Oh, I, love that. I gotta take notes. So when I know when we put this out there, everybody is getting the real. Okay. So absolutely. absolutely. I'm listening. I'm listening. And I'm really excited for you with this. I'm so excited and so proud that you, you know, allowed your flesh to die and your obedience to come forth with God moving in your purpose. Well, I thank you so much for definitely always supporting and being there for me, even in like the dark times, you know, we, we go way back. We go back to 2006, 2007. So yes. we go back when this is before marriage, this is before kids. This is before, I mean, I've, I've been saved for a while, but this is before I was like, Okay, Jesus, all in, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm spiritual. Right. Exactly. So we, we know this, we know the journey. Yeah. It isn't easy, but it's worth it. It's no, so absolutely like we've seen each other really grow, you know, over these last like 14, 15 years. So it's yep. definitely so and, and no, that's one of the things that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks is the growth uh the growth of us individually and then growth as a whole. Uh, with friendship, sisterhood, and that type of thing. So um, that actually goes to like our very first question um, that I spit out to everybody, like real talk. Like, what is like, what is your definition of self love? Because we all have a a different concept of what self love is and how to go about it. So how does Tashi define self love? Interesting question, right? So I feel like 
by definition, of course, everyone thinks that self-love is more of, um, you know, getting your hair done and getting your nails done and making sure that you look good on the outer appearance. And while I was a young girl, I did believe that that was a part of what self-love was, making sure that, you know, I scrub my body in the shower and um, take long hot bubble baths. <laughs> and, and while that is true, um, I have found through my walk of life that self-love for me is more internal. Mm. When I experienced trauma in my life as a young woman, I didn't always treat myself the best through the process of getting through that. And as a middle-aged woman, <laughs> I have learned that, you know, my reaction to trauma has to be dig deep in internally to find that different, that, that next level of self-love. Mm -hmm. So for me, self-love is internal and it, it's always, it has always been that way. I just haven't recognized it in myself. And now in this day of my life, I have grasped it. I have taken a hold of it. I'm taking ownership of it. That self-love comes from within for me. I like that. I like how you said it is an internal thing. Um, I don't think we've actually talked about internal the last couple of sessions. Um, but that's a definitely a true statement that a lot of us seem to forget it is not a job for someone else. Mm -hmm. It is a job for us where we have to look within our own being and say, this is what I need to change. It, it goes back to responsibility of self-keeping. Right. Um, so that's definitely a good nugget. I had to write that down internal because that word tends to flow across people when we hold others responsible for our own self-worth. Absolutely. And that's exactly, that's exactly where I began to understand that journey for myself. Um, getting married as, as, as young as I did, I, I looked at life as if he was supposed to be the one to take me away from all the, the crazy things that I had grew up with. And, you know, he came along and showed me a good time, respected me. And I held him to this high esteem. I put him in a place where God was supposed to be, where God is the only one that could mold me and put me back together again. And I put my love and everything inside of this situation. And when the first time that he disappointed me, I, I thought, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> this isn't, this isn't it. Mm-hmm. Well, as I begin to grow, I realize that, yes, you're right, Tashi. That isn't where you're supposed to put your self-love. Love, loving myself meant that I'm taking care of that trauma that I dealt with. That, that means I'm reading all types of books. That means I am, um, I'm getting help from, you know, a counselor. I'm, I'm talking to someone. I'm, I'm working this thing out, not so much as just saying a prayer and I'm going to be good in the end because we, I mean, yes, prayer is amazing and don't, don't, you know, cross that off your list. Mm -hmm. However, you still have to work with that prayer. You know, and mm -hmm. I, I know, you know, this scripture all too well, faith without works is dead. My and friend right there. Right. Exactly. Right. And so if we're going to have faith that God is going to heal us in this process of healing, you know, learning to love ourselves again and, 
because we've all been through trauma. And I think that we just need to, you know, get back to that place of loving ourselves first. Because if we love ourselves, then my God, we won't accept just anything. Absolutely. I I 100% agree. Faith is definitely one of those things that we lose out on when we allow someone else to take the place of that faith. Um, you know, right. <laughs> you know, faith is the size of a mustard seed and we put faith in things and people in the same size. And then when they screw up again, we go back to the, but it's their responsibility to be this and that's not their job. Um, I always talk about relationships and, and, and I know it's something, it's, it is a topic I'm going to get into later through the year, but relationships, I always have this, this thing now that I'm older and I say that we can't step into a relationship with baggage and expect that other individual to be able to carry all of it. Baggage. Exactly. That's yep. not their job. It's not their job. Um, self-love and self-value. You can't go into a relationship broken. It's almost like going into a store and you see this beautiful vase, but it's broken. You're not going to buy it because you don't want to take it home and fix it. And then people who do buy the broken bases, they try to get it for a discount anyway. <laughs> it's almost like a relationship. It's, I hate to put it in this term, but you know, you hear people say, why buy a cow when the milk is free? Right. Exactly. So if you are out here spewing out negativity about yourself, you can expect someone else that you are, that you love and you care for to show you that same when that is not what they're built for in the first place and they're not there. Absolutely. So I don't know if that makes sense, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know, with that, I'm going to ask you one of these tough questions. It seems to be the toughest questions out of all of them. Mm -hmm. um, and go as far as you need to, but what is like, what was your lowest moment when it comes to stuff? Like, what was that like that low, low moment? that you feel comfortable with talking about to say, oh, I'm in a deep end right now. Yeah. So um, when I was 18, um, I was dating a guy in college and, you know, it all seemed so amazing at first. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they all do. <laughs> right. You know, it was pretty awesome. And, um, I think maybe about six months into the relationship was the first time that he raised his hand to me and hit me. And I, I was so stunned and shocked at the time. I was like, wow. And I was always that girl that said, I would never, I would never be that girl that, you know, let a man hit on me until it happened. Um, however, I, I say that, in that moment I was stunned because I didn't even want to leave. I had no desire to walk away from the relationship at that moment. Mm. I was already in a low place. I was broken from, you know, my family. I was running from my past and I ran right into the arms of someone that knew that I was broken. 
whether, he, you know, he, I don't think he knew it consciously. I think just his spirit knew that. And so he took advantage of that. And as the relationship progressed three years in, I remember walking because I was so deranged from the trauma that I had been through with him from all the women that he cheated on me with and the, the, the episodes of the abuse. I think I had tapped out mentally. I X out all of my friends, my family, no one could get a hold of me. And I just walked everywhere. I was so frail in my body to the point where people thought I was sick. Um, my hair just kept coming out. I was, I was in a real dark place. Um, and sadly again, I couldn't leave. I, I had always wanted to prove to him that I could be that person that he, he desired to be with. Even though I saw the many women that he cheated on me with, they were very, you know, thick women. And I tried to eat my way to his heart. You know, I tried to gain weight, but as much as I, I ate, I couldn't, I couldn't gain the weight because I was so stressed that my body was almost like in a state of shock. And I remember the day that I was walking in a shopping center, my mother, a good friend of mine, my stepfather and my aunt were driving around looking for me because my ex friend, um, his friend called my mother and said, she is not doing well and I need someone to come see about her because he does not treat her well. I kept these things from my family. No one knew that he was hitting me. No one knew that, you know, he was cheating on me. Um, no one knew that he basically kind of treated me like, you know, like a bum. Like that's how he treated me. Like I, I didn't exist to him in his world, but he only used me for the things that he wanted. And that day my mother said to me, I didn't even recognize you. I had no clue who you were when I saw you walking and my stepfather just wept. He wept and he cried and he was just like, you know, I don't know what I did or what, you know, why you won't come back home, but this is not the life for you. I knew that, yes, I needed to go home, but I didn't want to go there because of the things that I grew up in. I didn't want to go back to that. And I knew in my deep down in my heart that going back to him was absolutely a no-no. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, I, I could have lost my life the, the, the ways that he used to hit me. Fast forwarding to this season of my life today, going through a divorce and experiencing some of that same pain. May not be the same type of abuse, physical, but it was a lot of manipulation abuse. And I think that for me was far worse because it began to make me feel as if I was crazy. Right. Like I, I didn't know which way I was going to the left or to the right. Well, last night I had a, <laughs> I had a come to myself moment when I was, you know, just kind of, I was working out and I just started crying. And I was like, God, this feels like the same. 
Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, I know. However, do you see the difference from then to today? And I began to cry even more because I felt like back then I didn't eat, Tori. I did not sleep. I did not like legit. I wasn't myself. And of course, we all know that that is not self-love. You know, when you're not eating, you're not taking care of your physical body. But because I felt so low and so unwanted, I just wanted to wither away. I wanted the wind to just take my spirit because I was tired. You know, I was tired of running. And then, you know, you get married and think that all is well. (laughs) So I feel like that was my lowest place in life. Um, I, I mean, I've had some low places, but that in particular was my lowest because I had let myself completely go like to be not recognizable like that was (laughs) that was pretty devastating to hear my mother have to replay that story to me and she was like I just I didn't know who you are I could I mean my child you're my child I couldn't I don't even know I couldn't see your face like you were like skeletal so I can honestly say that that was my lowest place (laughs) So with that, let's go back to something that you said that I definitely want to recognize of what you said. You said that he didn't realize your self-worth subconsciously, but his spirit mm-hmm. did. And that's something I want to emphasize to anyone who's listening that don't think the spirit doesn't know another spirit when it sees it. You darn right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. High and mighty, but there's always that opening mm-hmm. that Satan knows he can get into whatever type of situation. And, you know, I'm going to put myself out on front street, as I said. You know, my, my, I, my biggest weakness for me was sex and love. That was my weakness. Right. So growing up in a in a home in a place where you get called ugly, you get called oh, stupid, wow. you get called all these things, and as soon as someone says, "Oh my God, you're beautiful," you're this. Satan knows. Yes. Come on, Tori. I'm yes. Cool. And oh yeah, you're the most beautiful thing in the world. And and you accept it, right? Like like he I is gold. <laughs> he was a lottery check that I just cashed in and won. Right. Absolutely. Like I'm rich now. <laughs> <laughs> and come to find out, um, they don't love you. They don't care uh-uh. about you. There's don't nothing about, about you pleasing to them. Right. They gra- they're gratifying their flesh. And that's what it is. And I think... Just as well as we were. Yes. It, for, for us, it was, you know... It's one of those things, and I'm, I'm thinking about it, as I said, because as I write this book, everything about me is coming out and I'm okay with it. Like I said on my Facebook status and I meant what I said, I regret none. I regret nothing. I don't take my L's are not losses. They're lessons. So my day is like, just like you, but unfortunately I was in the ninth or 10th grade and nobody really knew. Um, I come from a home where 
domestic abuse was Front Street. So even though my grandparents came in, as I say, rescued us, um, they didn't rescue my memories. Mm -hmm. They didn't rescue what I've already seen. Mm. And they didn't know how to rescue me from those type of memories. I think my grandparents' whole mindset was I'm saving her. And even though we were in a, a peaceful home after a while, that did not erase the torment that I had on the inside. So I sought those things out from jump. And it literally backfired to where my grandmother was like, you can't wear makeup. But she didn't understand why I was putting on her foundation on my neck. Um, wow. So just like you said, you know, 18, I was 16. And I had to do high school beating my behind because I didn't or couldn't do certain things. You know, my grandparents was tight. They were strict. Like, not. <laughs> you can go to homecoming, but you only going thus far. Right. So right. They didn't know. Oh, yeah, I had a whole boyfriend and would hit me and whatever else. And it was it was a lot going on. So just like you said, the spirit recognizes another torn spirit. Mm-hmm. And this is how That's we get to devour like Bunny and Clyde. Yeah. If we're going to be honest, people, they worship people like Bunny and Clyde. I don't realize they, they know the history behind Bunny and Clyde. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the reason why you would never catch me talking about, yes, we're like Bunny and Clyde. No, we're not. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> not doing it. Because they had such a, a, a devilish spirit. Mm. you know what I'm saying so it, it, you have to be careful we ha- in, in times like this we have to be careful with what we do how we do it but absolutely um yeah I, I had to go back to that I had to write that down actually when you said the spirit because I don't think people realize well spirit if the bible tells us that <laughs> the spirit will bear witness with mm-hmm. another spirit people always you know use that scripture in terms of like witchcraft, you know, or, uh, control or, you know, in the church. (laughs) Um, but we have to realize that even the people in the world have spirits. And if a man is not in a right place, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, but yet he's seeking for a queen, I mean, what do you think he's going to find? A broken one. And when he finds that broken one, he will do whatever that person allows them to do because we're in a broken place. We're not whole. So we're going to accept anything. And that's where I was. I accepted it. And he knew that I accepted it by not even saying anything. It was almost like by default, like because I didn't say anything, I accepted it. My actions accepted it because I kept going back. I kept going back. And so he kept, it it, it began to grow. The abuse began to grow and grow and grow and grow until it was just like, at at what point are you going to just say, that's it. That can't do anymore. Because even after my parents came that day, I still didn't leave. I went right back. It wasn't until like a year later where 
I had an audition. <laughs> and that was, I think, in that tub that night, that was like no turning back. He took the very last opportunity I had to sing. I had a friend that owned a nightclub and Jamie Foxx was coming here and I asked him, I said, can I sing for Jamie? Like, can you set up an appointment where I can sing for him? And he said, absolutely. Like, I would love to do that. And that night he came to my home because I had moved away from him and everything. He came to my home and he beat me so bad I could not leave the house. And my mom called me that next morning at work and was like, what happened with Jamie? You know, she was so excited. And all I could do was just sit on the phone and cry. And she was like, I'm on my way. She just, she had this knowing like, yeah, something ain't right. And when she saw me, it was like, almost like, you know, you know, we're back in the country where people get their shotgun and they, <laughs> you know, they kind of like, you know, hey. it and it's like, click, click. That's kind of like where my mom was. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you just don't know. Like, even though there was trauma there in my own home, the love that my mother and my stepfather showed me that day, it was like, this is it. This is it. We're going to hurt somebody today. Right. We're going to hurt somebody today. And so at that moment, yes, I, there was no turning back because I realized the seriousness behind abuse that mm -hmm. at any moment, this dude could have taken my life. Right. But I just kept, you know, that brokenness just kept creeping up, kept creeping up. But thank God that God has a way. He has a way of pulling you out of things. He really does. That he does, which actually goes to our next question of how did you come from that, that place? What was it that, that made you just draw out? I mean, we know the spirit and how the spirit runs, but for um, you in that moment, what, what was it that, my, you know, that said, okay, I can come from this. In that very moment that I slept in the tub that night because I had to run into my bathroom to um, to hide from him. And um, I think that he realized at that moment, like, oh my God, I messed up. I really messed up. I slept in my bathtub crying and that was it for me because my opportunity, my one, what I thought was my one shot, <laughs> like, you know, Eminem says, you only got one shot. <laughs> Um, what I thought was my one opportunity to really leave that life that I grew up in and to, to, to follow a dream, to sing, you took that. Mm. There was no, there was no going out that night. <laughs> there was no meeting Jamie Foxx that night. Now I could have busted up and all, but I was so embarrassed oh gosh, I was so embarrassed because I knew a part of me knew that I should have never opened the door in the first place. It was like, when you close the door, don't go back to it. Don't open the door again because death could be knocking. And I felt like God's grace was on my life that night. And it was almost like, you, you know how your parents tell you don't play with fire mm -hmm. because of course you're going to get burned but then you could kill everybody else because you're playing with fire. And when, when fire grabs a hold of material, it grows and it just, it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. And then you just, you know, 
it's done. Right. You get trapped and you start choking and it's either you're going to die from the burn or you're going to die from the aroma of the burn. So for me, I felt like, okay, um, I'm playing with fire here because I should have never opened the door. As much as he was banging, I could have called the police, but thinking that I could handle it myself, you know, okay, he just wants to talk. No, he didn't want to just talk. And that was it for me. That was like, brother, I don't know why you do what you do. And I don't know why you hit women. I don't know what your past was like. I don't know who taught you this, but I can't be your punching bag anymore. I cannot, I can't do it. And that next day, when, like I said, when my mother called, she picked me up from work and we went to Edmond Police Department and filed a report. And the funniest thing ever is there was an officer there that recognized my face. And she said, the night that you called, you, I asked you, did he hit you? And you said no. And she said to me, when help is there, use it. Because you couldn't be, you don't know, you may not have been standing here today. Like you may not have been alive to tell this. She's like, so you, you really have to listen, listen to that self. That inner self that tells you this isn't right. Listen to it. Now with that, think about the past and all those things. And like I said earlier, I regret nothing. But when you think about everything you've been through in your life up until this, this point where you're at, would you change anything about it? Anything that you've gone through, like literally everything that you've gone through, is there anything you would actually change? You know, I can't say that I would change anything. I, I could go back and think about some things, like even as a child, you know, when my mother was trying to push me into my confidence of singing, knowing that I had a gift and I didn't see it. Um, I can't say that I would change that because everything that you go through is already ordained one. It's already meant to be that way. Um, however, what you went through, what I went through, it has sure made quite impression on me today. It has surely opened up my eyes to the wisdom that God has given me. It has surely allowed me to speak to women everywhere I go to give them a way out. You know, it has surely delivered people because I wasn't afraid to show or tell my story. So no, I can't say that I would change it because I mean, you don't know who's going through and what they're going through and how deep they're in what they're going through. Right. And you just telling your story may be that out for them before that next black eye or before that next, um, you know, situation where they may be landed in the hospital and may, may can't walk or, you know, you just don't know in those situations what people are facing. But to tell your story and tell it wholeheartedly, <laughs> um, absolutely not. I can't say that I would. Man, that's, ooh. So 
Bless something that you said, you, um, you said uh, broken queen and that really like resonated with me before I get to these other questions. This wasn't even a question, something me you talked about before, but when you said broken queen, it, it literally reminded me of Esther. And I laugh because, and I know you laugh because you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, I kid you not, as soon as you said broken queen, I heard God say Esther. And I laugh because Esther, I, I don't think he said Esther because Esther really wasn't a broken queen. Esther mm-hmm. is the type of individual that allowed herself. And I need to remind the audience that's listening. Esther went through a process for seven years. Right. This wasn't a, oh, yeah, she got pampered and she was good. No, she went through a process to be something that she didn't know nothing about. Mm-hmm. And she went through, she went about it differently. She, she went about it totally different. And so her strength reminded me when you said the word broken queen, it reminded me of the times that she's fasted, the times she stood in reverence to be noticed and mm-hmm. be respected. But she didn't do it out of order, if that makes sense. Right, right. Um, and, and that's what I love about her because she's the type of, she was the type of queen that honestly, I look at and be like, okay, I have more questions. Like, yeah. like Jesus, you ended that chapter of the book a little too early because <laughs> I have questions. I need to understand some stuff. Like, hold on, seven years? Now, let's be honest. These days and times, we ain't tricking on no seven years. We ain't got time for that. Like, hold on. Right, exactly. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You want me to... And for this man for seven years, mm-hmm. he ain't even worth my time, Lord, hold on. And I, <laughs> I hear people say all the time, oh, that's my king, that's my queen, but we're not treating each other as such. Right, right. How you, that's how we treating the queen? Mm-hmm. But Tori, I really honestly can, I can agree with the brokenness of Esther. Mm-hmm. Esther did have to endure some brokenness to get to where she was that fasting baby not even the fasting if you think about how esther was pulled from her home yes she was completely and utterly stripped of what she thought she was Mm -hmm. and i i feel like in life that's how we are we when god is trying to get us to a certain place purpose right Mm -hmm. he'll allow our preconceived notions of ourselves to be stripped away he'll allow even our own you know plans (laughs) to be stripped completely like yeah you thought you was going there but i'm gonna detour you on over here because i got something greater right over there but i gotta take you through some things i have to mold you and condition you i have to in in the terms of how Esther had to be prepared, I have to dip you in certain perfumes and oils. Mm. But I need that aroma. I need a certain type of aroma to come off of you so that when I get ready to expose you and put you where I want to put you, it's going to open up some things. It's going to open up some nostrils (laughs) to some people (laughs) where they're going to want to welcome you in. Mm. But I need that certain type of stench off of you. And 
I feel like when you said that, it, it resonated with me. Definitely a broken queen. So I, that's why, too, we go back to saying that I would not change anything that I went through, even in my marriage. I would not change that. Because guess what? There's something greater on the other side. There's something greater on the other side. And even for women that are still married, that preparation, there's something greater on the other side. So Ooh, I would say that, that they say it again. That's something we, <laughs> Woo. being married and staying married mm-hmm. is a whole nother ball game by itself. Absolutely. Well, yeah, we, we gonna get into that later. Yeah. Okay. That just like resonated with me. Yeah. Um, I will say this to, to what you said. One of the things about Esther that got me was she had to hide who she was. Mm-hmm. And I thought about 2020. I've, I've thought a lot about 2020. So I spoke about it before on previous podcast episodes. So when I didn't make Master Sergeant promotion for the military, I remember it was a Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, July 11th and I never forget getting that phone call it was like 4 something p.m. I cried for like 13 hours and I remember you was up at about 4 o'clock in the morning your time which was about mm-hmm. 5 o'clock and I saw that you was up on Facebook and we got the talk and you was like you okay and I texted you I was like I didn't make ranking we FaceTime each other mm-hmm and so I've already told, you know, I told everybody, but this is the individual that actually you're the, you're the one that gave me God's words that early morning. Mm. <laughs> and what I tell us when I say I literally was in my feelings for 13 hours only, I know some people are thinking, what? <laughs> it was 13 hours because I talked to you at like five o'clock in the morning. Man. I think we talked for like an hour and some change. And you oh, called yeah. me later to tell me what Godfrey had said. I still have that written. Um, but I feel like 2020, self-love in 2020, it has allowed a lot of people to see what God has tried to show them years prior. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. People have hated 2020. And I tell the reason why I don't hate 2020 um, 2020 has showed me I have loved myself in a way to where I neglected myself. Yeah. And I'm going to get into that in the the outro podcast for this series, but literally 2020 has shown people how to self-love this year. He's called some people to be by themselves in these moments. Absolutely. He's caused people to look at their worth. He's caused people to realize you don't need that dude because y'all stuck in the same house and you're not realizing he don't care about you mm-hmm. or that job don't care about you or you need to be at home to do A, B, C, and D or right. yes, my queen, you can go do these type of things in your life. You don't need the validation of other people. Absolutely. I think when he has opened up rims i've watched people go from struggling in their mind to prospering in front of me in front of me like Mm -hmm. i've watched you struggle 
and and in particular you i've watched you for years and you know i you know i know your story yeah um, but i'm i'm proud of you because you now you are doing one of your dreams which is salon yes and everybody knows she is out of she's in Oklahoma city her hands they slay very well um i know personally she has done my hair multiple times but she's done my hair for both of my weddings. Let me make sure I say this correctly too. I married the same man twice. We never got divorced. It's a vow renewal. <laughs> but absolutely. <laughs> but she's she has slayed my hair for both weddings. Um, she was uh, actually my honorary in our vow renewal. Oh my God, the picture was laugh at um, Yeet. Um, she's very great with eyebrows. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I wish she was like here, so I don't have to. I wish I could get <laughs> out from Oklahoma City. So, but yeah, she she is running her own space, her own salon. I am so geeked and so happy. Um, so definitely tell us about this transformation, this salon, and everything else. So, you know, in 2019, um, I went through a series of jobs. I think I had more jobs than I ever had in my entire life. Um, in 2019, just <laughs> really trying to find where I fit in. And, you know, I think I had like two to three office jobs and one salon job that I stayed on for a very long time. However, um, it just, it was too strenuous for my children and the hours were just too much. And so I had to really, you know, make a decision and, I started a salon back in, I want to say it was October and I, it just didn't, it did not work. I mean, I think I had one client that came in and got a haircut <laughs> and then after that it was like all she wrote. <laughs> so I was very hurt behind me having to shut down in December. So it was like legit two months, but I knew after I kept exhausting my savings, I was like, yeah, we, we can't do this. We're going to have to let it go. And so I let it go with hopes that one day, you know, it'll open again. Well, when the pandemic hit, I think it was March when it got really serious with everything, March, April, I was working an office job and the blessing even behind that job was amazing. You know, I met the the owner at church and he just said, you know, I want to hire you for this position. So God always has a way of placing me in opportunities that will help me grow to where I need to be. And when the pandemic happened and school shut down, I had to leave my job. And it was extremely hard <laughs> because I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> this is crazy. Like, why would you have me leave my job? Like, it's just me here with three boys. And I remember laying on my couch and he said, it's time for you to walk away. I said, okay. You know, I, there are times that I hesitate when God gives me a command <laughs> but then there's times that i'm like yep i'm not even gonna question you on it father but that was one time that i hesitated 
I hesitated for a quick second and then, you know, move forward with what he had asked me to do, but I still did it um, out of obedience. And yes, since then, it has been a journey. And I'm not going to say it's been a smooth one, but it's been one that was well worth me being obedient. I remember going to look at the space when I had what I just had surgery and I went the day after I had surgery, I went to go look at the space and I just felt so much peace there. And I said, this is it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to jump. And in me jumping, I mean, we're in October as of tomorrow. So from July to October, yes, I have been running my own salon and it has been amazing. I have met some amazing women in there. Um, I remember the, the day before I started, I went into the room and I prayed for a good hour and just asked God to truly, you know, bless this, this business and bless the women that come in, bless them not just with my hands, but with you, whatever you have for me to give them spiritually, that they are parted with something to, to be at peace with whatever. And I can't even lie to you. Like, <laughs> boy, when you ask God for something, you should be very careful about what you ask for mm-hmm. because he will give you that. You sure will. So it, it has been a blessing to bless other people. I so can let's um, tell everybody where they can like, find you and if they want to come get their hair done their eyebrows done you know she she do a lot of stuff don't see out there right now but um (laughs) where they can find you from to contact you you know just for maybe advice or like i said to come get the do done right so i do have a website and it is anashamir.com and that's o-n-a-c-h-a-m-i-e-r.com And you can book appointments there. I'm right here locally in Oklahoma City. It's very central located between Northwest Expressway and Northwest 63rd. So it's in a really good area because you have a mall less than five miles away. You have all these good eateries and um, shopping malls. So it's, it's in a really good area. I'm really excited about where it is. And so if you need to book an appointment, um, I'm also on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram and it's really the same name everywhere on a Shamir. So I tried to make it as easy for everyone to find. <laughs> um, if you type in on a Shamir on Facebook, you'll find me. If you type in on a Shamir on Instagram, you will find me. Yes. I am like so geek. I'm like so proud of you. Thank you. You're like marvelous, great things, my queen. Um, and, you know, I'm definitely proud of the crown. You are strutting with your three boys. Um, you know, Yes, honey. <laughs> well, I miss you guys so, 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 so much. We miss you, too. Absolutely. She got the cutest three boys, guys. You just don't understand. Like, oh, I laugh because none of them look like her, though. So. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> while you, while you sitting over there with your mini me, like, I am so jelly sometimes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's just so precious. My mini I just love yeah. her. She wants to do, she wants to like get in on a, on a podcast show. So I think I'm going to do a, a kid's entrepreneur with a group of them. Well, I don't know how that's going to work to do a group 
kids all at one time. So I think, I don't know. I'm going to be mature, mature one. That's going to be almost like, you know, a whole kindergarten class. And we just ain't got time for that. <laughs> I am not a teacher. Bless the souls. But <laughs> I, I so thank you for today. And I want to thank, thank everybody you. else for joining us today on I Am Shatoria, where this topic is a real one, like I told you before. And it's something that people need to hear and need to know. We're being open. We're being honest about who we are, what we are, what we've done. This topic is not over yet. There's one more episode. It is the outro, and it will be my story. I will be telling you guys as we get ready to close out on our self-love series. But don't worry, we have other stuff coming. Um, but again, we're out here rooting and rooting for anybody that is out here trying to do great and marvelous things. Yes, but I'm absolutely. proud of the ladies who's been on Again, you'll be able to get her information off my Facebook page and off my website. And so, like I said, thank you guys for joining. Please check us out on IG and Facebook at I Am Shatoria and our website, IamShatoria.com, where you will see, receive more information on this topic and, you know, upcoming events, encouragements, inspiration. I believe, as I always says, we always have to walk in love, live fearlessly, and always have a whole lot of faith. As always, it's never goodbye, but we will talk to you guys later. Have a good one.